Hello London, we are ready for your vote. Hello, I'm Stephen Perkins and this is a very special topical edition of Douzepoir, coming to you the morning after the very first semi-final of Eurovision 2023. I'm actually recording this mere minutes after the show went off air, that is how hot off the podcast presses this one is. And I'm joined on the podcast this evening by a member of our family, the producer of Binge Watch and Douzepoir, Mr Liam Heffernan. Welcome Liam. Good evening, yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk with... A, a slight uh, temper to my to my volume today because everyone else in my in my house is in bed because uh, <laughs> we've literally come off the back of the semi final and started recording this. Uh, yeah, don't worry. My husband's in the other room watching Australian Survivor, so I, I can be as loud as I like. Although I, there is a small child living upstairs, so I probably have to be slightly careful. <laughs> But yeah, so we're going to have a little chat about the events of the first semi-final, share our thoughts about it, maybe even have a little uh, preview of what's coming up on Thursday in semi-final two. I think a really good place to start is going to be the opening video that we got at the very, very top of the show with the really sort of lovely moments just sort of celebrating Eurovision and Liverpool. Um, I'll admit, I mean, I get emotional at Eurovision at the best of times. I was in tears in about two minutes flat, seeing Paul O'Grady in particular I think just about sent me over the edge. Um, what did you make of it all? Oh, do you know what? I think I'm not just saying this because I'm I'm British, but I really think that we've upped the bar in terms of like the the, the production quality of of these like videos and the VTs. Um, normally, there's something a bit cheesy about it, but that intro video just yeah, it got me. And you're right that that one little clip of uh, it was what half a second long of Paul O'Grady and um, literally blink and you miss it. Yeah. But- but oh, it meant so much to see him there. Yeah, it gets you. And I, I think you're right. I think one thing we do very well in this country when it, with our light entertainment is we're very, very good at balancing cheese with heart as well. And I think that opening video really captured both of those things. We, we got the kind of the, the campness of Eurovision, but there was so much affection in there as well, wasn't there? It was just really beautiful. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was so feel good. And it, yeah, you're right. It just, it had... It had everything balled up into about five minutes and it was it was yeah. And that that transition from the, the, the video to the stage and then, you know, going seamlessly into that performance, it was just it was so well done. Yeah. Yeah, you got I mean i I've been trying to keep my eye on the uh, bits of information from the rehearsals we've been getting over the, the weekend and you can see how much work went into that and I mean I'll take my hat off to everyone, I think it went really, really well. I mean, I, I always try and think whenever I'm watching Eurovision about how difficult it must be to pull together. It's such a huge technological feat. And I always try to be as polite and as kind as possible to the host because I think that is one of the toughest jobs, particularly not so much this year, but, you know, um, I guess for Julia, a lot of them aren't doing it in their first language as well. Um, so which makes it an even bigger task. And I think, um, I think hosting-wise, actually, it went really well tonight. I, I thought the three of them gelled really well. Hannah Waddingham clearly having the time of her life hosting the Eurovision Song Contest in particular. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I'm so glad that she's one of the hosts. It was a bit of like a. It was a bit of a, 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 a outfield choice. Even though like Hannah can sing and she's a performer, mm. but you know she's hot off the back of Ted Lasso, and I think it adds a bit of star power. And she's so good. Yeah, and I think as well, we, we, you know, someone with, with her amount of experience in the West End, she's going to be fairly unflappable on an event like this. She will not worry. if th- Things are going to go wrong at Eurovision because they always do. There's always some filling needs to be done. Mm. You want someone like her who's just going to have that calmness, that presence of mind, that professionalism. Mm-hmm. She's going to just carry the event, whatever happens. And, and she just 
I can't get over what a fantastic time she was having. It was great. <laughs> it's nice though. It's infectious, right? And I think Eurovision is all about, you know, that that feel good and, and really kind of keeping that energy level up through what can yeah. be a bit of a monotonous show. So, you know, that, that needs to come from the presenters. So, uh, yeah, it was really nice to just see everyone just really just feeling it and getting into the spirit exactly and yeah there was just there was a lovely chemistry between the, the three of them i mm. thought i think they, they they gelled really well they all kind of had their individual things that they were off doing um we got a bit of emceeing from alicia which i was all over that i'm a massive alicia fan at the best of times and the minute she was you could just tell she was gonna get bust out the microphone and get going doing her own little ariana debose moment there and i was i thought that was fantastic yeah i think we can agree <laughs> to disagree on our um alicia dixon fandom but uh, yeah i'll give you that <laughs> So let's have a little talk about some of the songs we actually saw tonight. I mean, I I really want to start with Croatia, because what the heck was going on there? (laughs) Do you know what? I mean, I'd been warned about Croatia, and I still wasn't ready for it. This this was Eurovision at its wackiest, most eccentric, brilliant best. I have a real soft spot for acts like Croatia, and... uh, they they delivered. They delivered in crazy bundles, and I am here for it. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. You want someone who's going to come along and really just kind of give the evening a bit of a jolt. And I think you know, up until that point, we'd had things were going well. They were going fine. We'd had some 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 nice things, some you know, some decent performances, and then, and then suddenly Croatia comes up, and the whole evening just shifted up a gear, didn't it? It's like that. That's the bar that's been set. Yeah, you're probably not in terms of eccentricity. You're probably not going to meet that. Although we did, you know, we did have Finland to come, um, but yeah, like just every single thing that happened in it just <laughs> built on top of this 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 pyramid of insanity. Uh, yeah, I just kept thinking, and, and, and something else happened, and I'd be like, "What on earth is going on?" And just when you think it couldn't get any more bizarre, they turned into this slightly odd and completely out of place conga line, and <laughs> it was just. It was just bizarre, but I loved it. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I want actually let, let's go back to the beginning briefly because I was going into this. I was I was kind of a big champion of Norway, and I actually was a bit disappointed in Norway um, at the start of the night because I thought, as an opener for the evening, it was it was fine. Um, it was it was good, but I was expecting kind of a ten, and I got maybe like a seven. I think you know, um, Alessandra. Was, was was on good form, not great form. And I was a little bit disappointed by the lack of staging we got from, from Norway. And I think when you're on first in an evening of 15 people, you've really got to kind of make... You've got to set your stage out right from the beginning and you've got to make people remember you. And, I mean, we'll come to the results later on, but I will say I, I, I was really worried for her when the results were coming in. I was genuinely thinking we might actually have a bit of a surprise you know, non-qualify here. Yeah, and I I think there's there's two concerns with Norway. The the first is that they they were first. And as you say, that you have to make an impression when there's a lot of acts to follow. You've got to you've got to open with a bang. And secondly, you know, staging has become so important in making an impression at Eurovision. You can't you you can't play it safe anymore. And that means you're either going to get it really really right or really really wrong but i think you've got to take the risk yeah 
and they kind of they, it, it wasn't that they did anything wrong but they just didn't really do very much at all mm. I mean I, when I think about the things you could do with it you know it's, that film's got real kind of Game of Thrones vibes it's got kind of you know you could have a pirate ship all the things you could have done with that and it just I, I watching it I thought I really expected more from that performance mm. so I was a little bit I mean, I'm, I'm glad she got through and I, and I think it's a good song and I think yeah, there's definitely there's no reason why she can't really up the ante between now and I mean, she probably can't get a, pir- a pirate ship between now and Saturday, but she can definitely, you know, build on that performance and take it to the next level on Saturday. Mm. But yeah, I was, I definitely, when the result came through and we got to like eight out of 10 and Norway hadn't been mentioned yet, I was starting to think. I, the other thing as well is, of course, because there's no jury vote in the semis this year, it's all public vote. And public votes, as a general rule, tend to prioritise people who are on later because it's, a, you know, you, you remember the things that, that happened most recently. So you're going to. Yeah. be thinking of the things you the last five or six songs you saw and as we just said it, it takes some, something has to happen for you to remember the song that was on first yeah. so I'm, I'm really glad she got through but it was a little bit squeaky bum time for me <laughs> with, with... <laughs> yeah and I think you know one of the uh, one of the, the the performances that stood out to me and it, it sort of comes back to this idea of you know the importance of, of staging is Israel and they, they always yeah. tend to be quite strong to be fair at Eurovision but this is definitely the year of this kind of boxed-in sort of performance because, you know, I think mm. Lorene does that as well. But I really loved that the fact that it sort of started inside uh, a box and she sort of breaks out. But I just, it, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm terrible at explaining stuff. So really quite bad <laughs> that I'm on a podcast. But I would I would check out Israel's performance because it's it, it just, it was really good. There's There's something about doing something simple really well and Israel knocked it out mm. of the park in my opinion. Israel's an interesting one because that, that had a very mixed reaction in my house. We were watching it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think the word my husband used was charmless. <laughs> um, he didn't enjoy it at all. He, he he found it really aggressive, unpleasantly aggressive, I think he said. Mm. And you know, by the time they got to like that big dance break at the end, um, he was he was well and truly over it. So Yeah, the dance <laughs> he, break he was, was not, odd. Not rooting for that one at all. Yeah. I think yeah, I think particularly when whenever they came to the do the recaps and the clip, that was a bit they showed, and you think like it's a song contest. Show her singing, show the <laughs> lyrics. Don't just like show the dance breakdown. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, they kept saying on the show she's she's this huge star, she's this huge icon. I never had a moment's worry for her that she was going to qualify, and I really enjoyed it. But I wonder if that if there's something about that kind of entry which is going to be equally appealing and off-putting depending on your personal feelings about it and I, th- I think there will be people who will watch that and just be like that's trying too hard yeah so yeah I, I mean it'll be very very interesting to see what the public vote for is like for that one when we get to Saturday mm. and, and it's you know, a slightly more crowded field and um, you know the jury vote comes in and, and things just will be slightly slightly different but I mean I absolutely agree that the one thing that you can take away from that was, was she was not coming to, to mess around <laughs> she was there she was she was out for that win and that's that's why I love to see I love to see it being a natural competition yeah absolutely yeah yeah let's have a little quick talk about Moldova um, because I I love Moldova Eurovision I think they always do something unexpected they always do something memorable and this year, again, was, was unlike anything I've seen from them before. Um, but it, I was won over by it instantly. I just I watched it and I I thought this 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 whole performance is so well judged. It's you know, the 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 vocals are working, the performance is working. There's something very charming about it. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I I see why 
you think that and I do I completely get why a lot of people probably like Moldova and you know the passion was there the the there was a lot of energy and it was a big big performance but it didn't get me I'm, I'm I really no? really no I sorry to say I I, I think it's going to do well <laughs> I think it's going to perform quite well on, on on Saturday but no it, it didn't win me over not for you no uh, this, I mean, this is the joy of Eurovision. Is that, you know, I, I've, I've been chatting about it with my friends all week, and we've all got things that one of us loves, and one of us just has no time for at all. <laughs> and I, I, possibly, maybe it's my turn to be um, slightly controversial now because the, the two big hitters of the evening, undoubtedly, Sweden and Finland. I'm gonna come out of my box and say I'm still not overly sold on Sweden. I'm still, it's still not 100% doing it for me. I mean, yeah, that's that's going to be controversial, I think, <laughs> but. There is just something about Sweden's performance that is, it just feels like it's got that that star power there. Again, the staging was was really good. I think they've definitely taken a lot of inspiration from 2012 when Loreen was doing Euphoria. You can kind of see there's a similar sort of approach to the performance um, and even to the song. I, yeah, for, for a song that's supposed to be odds-on favourite to win... I think it's it's going to have some really close competition from other countries this year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not that I dislike it. I like it. I, I think it's a good song. I, I can see it winning. I wouldn't be mad if it did win. Mm. But something hasn't clicked with me for that song yet. I, I Maybe I think I find it very slightly clinical. Like it feels very kind of... Mm. They, they've thought about what works at Eurovision and they've gone away to kind of create that. And... It kind of, you know, it sort of starts at this level and it kind of climbs up and then it gets to the to the belting part. Yeah. And something about it, like, I, I, I think in my head, if I, if I connected to, like, Cornelia for Sweden last year and that song hinged so much on her delivery and the emotion of it and the, the way that her voice was kind of about to crack at any given moment. Mm. And that, I was sold on that song from the beginning. And this song, this performance, I'm not, I don't know, I'm just not buying it in the same way I feel awful for saying that because I mean Lorene is clearly incredibly talented and so many people love it and I've probably lost us like hundreds of listeners already just by <laughs> even saying that out loud um, and I, I fully hold I'm, I'm very very open to being convinced I may well have changed my mind entirely by Saturday but as of this stage it, it's it's maybe like 85% of the way for me but, but it's not 100% there yet yeah, I, I see that. Also, very flattering that you think we have hundreds of listeners to lose. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to just, you know, create this impression that people think we're incredibly successful <laughs> podcast. Uh, let's talk about Finland. <laughs> the other kind of, they're, they're, I would say Finland are, they're the ones kind of giving Sweden a, a big run for their money at the moment. They're the ones who I think might make this an actual competition. Yeah, And again, just definitely did not come to play it safe that that was a performance and a half oh they went they went all in didn't they they had a concept <laughs> they had a song and they just committed 100 percent. and i loved it um i really yeah me too my personal preference is that if it was if it was a, a two-horse race between sweden and finland i'd back finland I think it has a bit more general appeal. I think the people that are looking for something a bit more fun, a little bit more out there and, and, and memorable, I think Finland is going to be the one that sticks in their mind. Yeah, we, it's interesting. We were having this conversation um, shortly after it finished, you know, the, the whole Sweden versus Finland thing. Um, and my husband was saying that he thinks 
Finland sounds more like a winner to him. What I think is going to be interesting come the final, obviously come the final, we'll have jury votes in as well. I think Sweden will play much better with the juries than Finland. Mm. I might be entirely wrong. I've been wrong about this sort of thing hundreds of times in the past. I, I, I can see Finland winning the or you know beating Sweden in the televote. I don't know if I can see them beating them with the juries. Do you think though that simply the the the, the, the prestige of Sweden's act, you know, having Lorene, a previous winner, do you do you think that could gain a certain amount of jury sort of favour? Yeah, I think quite possibly. I think juries, I think, will respond to the craft of Sweden's entry, definitely. Mm. Um, and they might well, they, you know, I'm often surprised by the sort of things that the juries really go for, because sometimes songs I think they'll, they'll find a bit too slight or whatever they, they really, really enjoy. Mm. And the thing is, there's a lot that's very musically interesting about the Finnish entry. So that could actually play really well with the juries. I, I don't know why I'm even trying to second guess them because it's an impossible thing to do. We're talking about, you know, people from sort of 40 odd countries um, in all parts of, of, of Europe and beyond um, casting their votes on, you know, on, on the musical um, value of something. Yeah. And I have, have no musical skill or training of any kind. So I don't know what, how they're going to make um, their judgments. But yeah, I just, I, I think, you know, push comes to shove, they will probably be more impressed by Sweden. But, but I, I think, you know, this is where the fun's going to be on Saturday. What's really interesting is something that you mentioned in a previous episode when you were talking, uh, looking at the history of Sweden at Eurovision. You know, and I think it's really worth everyone bearing in mind that Sweden historically performed much better with the jury than with the public vote. So if they're, if they're performing very well in the semi-final, that bodes incredibly well for them mm. when you then compound that with a jury vote that's typically um very kind to them yeah exactly and i, and I think you know last time Lorene entered for them she had a i, I can't remember from my head i'm fairly certain she won the jury vote if not she was very very high mm. um so sorry not the jury vote the televote um so yeah i i, I think the my, my normal concerns about sweden's appeal televote wise i don't really have this year because i know that tattoo has been a massive pan-european radio hit already mm. you know it's, it's been played on the radio in this country already which is very rare for a eurovision song before the competitions even happened so you know I, I don't think they've got to worry about the televote in the way that they have done in the past so yeah it, it's it's interesting and we've still got you know the second semi-final to go yeah we've still got some you know i don't necessarily think there are as many um, big hitters in that one but we have got the likes of austria which could be a nice little underdog entry coming up so it, it will be really and of course you know mustn't forget the big the big five plus ukraine as well there's so many unknown quantities that could make things very very interesting on saturday yeah and when you look at the 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 bookies at the moment you know spain uh, france the uk are all up there in the top 10 so when you factor the big five into the final anything could happen really yeah Okay, so let's talk. Let's talk results then, because I think one one thing we we kind of need to mention is that there was a lot of um, discussion over the weekend because there had been rumours for ages that there was going to be a change to the announcement style this year, that they were going to get all of the acts up on stage, uh, kind of Britain's Got Talent style, and they were going to you know, announce who was through or under spotlights, or whatever. And um, then some pictures leaked on the internet, and they they were clearly trying that out. Uh, everyone was horrified. I was one of them. Um, because I, you know, I'm very much of the if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of thing, and I and I felt it was cruel and unnecessary in a way that I don't think Eurovision should be. 
And then, obviously, they, that statement came out shortly afterwards where they said that they had decided against it um, and they were going to stick with the traditional way of, of revealing the qualifiers. I think the fact that that happened at all suggests they probably weren't overly wedded to the idea in the first place. They were probably very much giving it a try and seeing if it worked. And while I imagine the fan reaction maybe had some impact on it, I imagine it wasn't the only factor that they decided not to do it. But um, yeah, what, what was your take on that whole thing? Yeah, I think... It is more dramatic and it is, you know, it is more X Factory, but I think it was just too mean for Eurovision. It's not really in keeping with the spirit of, of what Eurovision's about. And there is something really nice about cutting to the performers with their teams, you know, when they get mm. 12 points and they're celebrating and, you know, there's there's a camaraderie and a, and a sportsmanship to Eurovision that I think yeah. is really lost when you then put them all on stage like that. So uh, I see why they thought it might work, but I'm, I'm, I'm very unsurprised that it fizzled out rapidly. I think, you know, we, we've got an element of, of unnecessary cruelty in, in the final when they when they started doing the televote separately and you get that bit at the end where, you know, you, people are announced at getting zero points yeah. or, you know, the, the jury the person who won the jury vote suddenly finds out they only got 50, 50 points in the televote and that sort of thing can, can be very hurtful but I feel it's different in the qualifiers because as you say the the, the, the presence of the delegates around them when when they're, they're all waiting to hear who's going to get that 10th that spot and everyone's kind of they're all leaning in they're all embracing and I think without that it, it does feel harsh and it does feel I think it would make me uncomfortable as a viewer I think watching it that way I I like the thought that People are inevitably going to go home disappointed at the end of the semi-finals because they didn't get through. But mm. at the point of finding out they haven't got through, they'll be with people who love them and care for them, and will be giving them a hug and yeah. telling them you did brilliantly, regardless. And they won't have to kind of, you know, trudge off stage in a walk of shame before they have that moment. <laughs> yeah, there's something just really sad about seeing someone who hasn't won, and and even worse, someone who's got nil point having to just mm. do that walk of shame on their own off stage. And yeah, it's just not in keeping with, with what Eurovision's all about. No. So let's talk about the qualifiers then. The 10 countries that made it through to Saturday's final are Croatia, Moldova, Switzerland, Finland, Czechia, Israel, Portugal, Sweden, Serbia and Norway. Are there any surprises in there for you? I mean, it depends where you stand on... Croatia really but uh, for me I'm, I'm I'm very delighted that they've got through and if they win <laughs> on Saturday by some crazy miracle I would not be upset <laughs> but, uh, I guess some people might consider that an upset I think the only one I was I had my little sort of you know my, my personal top 10 and the only one that wasn't in it was Switzerland which I think was absolutely fine but it, it just kind of I found it a little bit unexciting I, I was I, I noticed as, as the results were coming in it was as I said earlier, it was feeling very weighted towards the second half of the show, um, which did have me very, very worried for Norway, as I said, because I thought that, that could have been the upset of the night, mm. that the, the new way of doing things might have counted against them. So leaving them till last was a great dramatic moment, and uh, fair play to them. They absolutely caught me on that one. Mm. <laughs> I was really genuinely worried they hadn't got through. So I think that's, that's kind of uh, Tuesday's show pretty much wrapped up, isn't it? Unless there's anything else you wanted to add... No, do you know what though? I'm I'm just interested as um, I won't be joining you on, on on Thursday. I'd love to know, following the results tonight, who you think will win and who you think should win out of the current pool of grand finalists. Out of the current, right? Okay. Um, oh, it's tricky. Um, I mean, 
I'd be very, very surprised if anything stops Sweden at this point. I I think that is where we're heading. But I, I yeah, I still think we, we could have an upset. There could be uh, an upset from, from Finland. I don't think Israel are going to end up troubling that much for the top spot at the end. I think I reckon I'm I'm thinking Israel will be about sixth on the night, maybe. It's got that kind of feel to me. Again, I could be wrong. And obviously, we still got the, the the big five in Ukraine are still something of an unknown quantity at this point. Mm. Um, I mean, I love France. I think France's entry is really strong this year. So whether it's quite strong enough to um, to, to trouble for the top, I saw the little clip of the rehearsal uh, during the semi-finals and. I don't know if it's if it's necessarily doing enough to, to really kind of cross over and, and trouble for the win, but uh, yeah, I, I'm still very much thinking it's Sweden's game to lose at this point, but it's not a lock on. How about you? Yeah, I think you know when you when you consider any of the big five, France are probably the only one of of, of the five that are capable of mounting any kind of challenge. Uh, I think Sweden. I agree with you. It's theirs to win. I think they will win, but. My vote will go to Finland. I think all round, when you look at quality <laughs> and you know memorability uh, and just just outright just craziness, uh, they have my vote all day long. I mean, I, I, assuming that they get through from Thursday's show, I will be power voting for Austria on on Saturday. <laughs> that that is definitely my uh, my adopted country this year. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, we were going to have a little very quick look ahead to to Thursday semi-finals. So I've I've already uh, laid my cards on the table and and said that I am 100% standing for Austria. Who the hell is Edgar by Taya and Selena? Which is you know I never ever thought we'd have a song at the Eurovision Song Contest about being possessed by the spirit of Edgar Allan Poe. But that's the joy of this contest. You know, anything can happen. And Australia is an interesting one as well this year, I think, because. Um, I've I've heard rumours that this this could be their final year. They're they're, they're at a bit of a kind of a, a crossroads as to whether they're continuing in this contest. But I really like their song this year, and I'm not generally a big Australia fan at Eurovision, so I, I quite want to see them do do well, and, and maybe they might be persuaded to stick around for a bit longer. I've been hearing good things about Iceland, and I'm very much looking forward to uh, Brunette uh, with her Tumblr lyrics. Um, uh, but yeah, I think this is we, we've established that um, this Tuesday's was the semi-final of death with all of the kind of the big hitters in it. So I think what's fun about that is that Thursday's feels like slightly more of an open field and anything could happen. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think the winner has come out of tonight, but uh, Thursday it makes Thursday more fun, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I like to go into it and uh, have something unexpected happen. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've definitely got a few wild cards type ones in, in Thursday, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with all of those. And with that, I think it's time for us both to uh, hang up our headphones and uh, go to the land of Nod. Um, thank you to everyone for tuning in today. Uh, we will be back. Uh, we'll be back on, uh, well, we'll be back first of all on Thursday morning with a very special um, interview with the one and only Nikki French. And then we will be back again on Friday morning to talk about Thursday, when I will be joined by uh, none other than Ian and Hannah from Binge So thank you very much for tuning in. Please remember to hit subscribe on your podcast platform and uh, make sure you don't miss any of our extra special episodes this week. And until next time, good night, Europe, and good morning, Australia. Good morning, Australia.